0: How are we doing? Hey, we're on it feels like we're kind of uh I don't know. I turned on first take today, which as some of you might know, I, I've thought about this before, or you know, I watch first take a lot. It's a toxic trade. We've my, called this
1: your toxic trade Yeah, it's, yes. one, it's
0: one of them. Uh, and today they were just talking about Joel Embiid. There's not a single like segment, at least that I saw, about Dame. It felt like we were on the other side of. Oh, it felt like we cost the Rubicon a little bit, even though Dame is still on the Blazers and hasn't gotten traded yet. It does feel like the cycle. You tweeted about this yesterday, but it does feel like the the cycle. Now that they've broken Dame down to request the trade, they they've moved on to a new a new a new target, which is what they do.
1: Yeah, so I saw that uh, that whatever conference or whatever event thing that joel was at was it yesterday the day before it was it was like some kind of
0: podcast or something yeah
1: yeah it was like him and maverick carter it was whatever but like which third eye
0: open on that one
1: he is not with caa anymore i don't know where he's who he has as an agent now but he's not with caa i wonder if there's something i don't know But anyway, he says something to the effect of, like, I just want to win a championship, whether it's with Philly or anywhere else. And he says this while, you know, James Harden has asked for a trade and there is not any more progress on that happening than there is on the Dame stuff. And, yeah, it's... it's, And this is something that I've been saying, really, since this Dame thing started. It's You know, all of these people that, you know, you see them on, you know... Stephen A. Smith for years has been going on first take, being like, "I just feel so bad for Damian Lillard that he is wasting his career in Portland." None of these people actually care about him or it's his or what's best for. They it's care just about him. The, and they just, but it's just, it's just every the machine has to be fed because so as soon as Dame asks for a trade, people get bored with that because nothing new is going to happen with that. So now they're moving on to Embiid, and then once the Embiid thing happens, now it's going to be like, oh, what's Giannis going to do? Or oh, like, like we got to, we got to, we, we need to get Anthony Edwards out of Minnesota. Like it's just going to keep going down the like. It's just, you know, what once you're not the guy that people are trying to get to ask for a trade anymore, it's just who's the and I and I've I've been I've seen behind the scenes how this works at certain media outlets that I used to work for. This is like. All a lot of these places care about, and once something happens or doesn't happen with one guy, they just move on to the next guy. And I kind of feel like now, you know, Embiid, and, and to be clear, just like how Dame kind of opened himself up to this stuff when he did the Showtime interview the other week or whatever on the boxing show where he talked about Miami and Brooklyn. Joel saying that I don't know if it was intentional or calculated or not, but he opened himself up to it. But it's just, you know, it's it's just it's just very plain just you know how the machine works and you know what's going on where yeah okay now people have kind of moved on to the next guy
0: yeah and it's it's and nothing and and nothing has happened uh and i think that is like the it's just like with the nothingness people have, have to have to fill the airspace especially this time of year because espn has you know they're not going to talk about baseball right now they're talking about Embiid. they're talking about college football they're talking about. So NFL, tra- like rookies r- reporting to NFL training camp, like the system moves on and uh, it does feel though that with the system moving on, it does feel like there's a little bit more frustration, at least publicly from the Miami Heat that this isn't already done.
1: I did see that yesterday. There was the, I saw the Levitard clip that was being kind of circulated and yeah, I my, my personal read on that was that Going that hard about Tyler Hero tells me that they are not finding a team that's willing to give up real stuff for him.
0: Right, which would be something that has a chance to be a lottery pick, a, a good player of positional value to the Blazers. Those things aren't happening, it seems like. And it with the aggressive way with which Levitard went about that, which is very, like, it was weird because he doesn't really normally do that like he usually will do that like after the fact if the heat did something but the way he was going so hard and the way that entire show has been going super hard against Woj for that one report which even in that report they said something that I don't think is true that 3 to 5 teams will, are willing to give up first round draft equity and important and pieces of importance for Tyler Hero like Woj put that in the article and I don't think that that's true either, which was a favor to the Heat, in my opinion, or at least a a, a, a way to make the reporting look more objective, but which, you know, I wouldn't put past Woj either, just to like, you know, make it look a little bit more on balance. But I I just don't, I just think that where they're at right now is they're frustrated that this deal isn't being taken by the Blazers. And the Blazers clearly value Damian Lillard more than the Heat do, because I mean, Bill Simmons has this great section in the trade value column, which I think Dame is much higher on than this section, but there's that section that he has where he's worth more to us than he is to you. And I think Damian Lillard is squarely in that category for the Blazers in that he's worth so much more in terms of draft equity, what you need to do moving forward, how you remake the team after he leaves. Like it's such a critical thing to get right that, it seems like Miami doesn't give a shit, and that's their prerogative. But I think it's kind of – it It does a disservice to basketball fans to not actually talk about the basketball reasons why this trade doesn't work for Portland, and which always gets glossed over. And even Lebetard himself was saying, I don't want to get into a discussion about why Portland doesn't need him. Why don't you? Why don't you want to talk about the actual basketball factor in this? And I think that's a huge part of the conversation that, at least nationally, I haven't heard enough of. Except for, like, Bill Simmons. But everyone kind of couches that, and he's a Boston fan and wants...
1: And just doesn't want Miami to end up with Dane. Right.
0: right. Instead of, you know, which I think everybody that has an opinion about basketball has an opinion from a place, uh, has a POV, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah,
1: no, and I think there's something to the idea that I'm sure, I'm sure Bill, and I don't know Bill at all, but like, I'm sure that Bill, as a Celtics fan, would prefer that Damian Lillard not end up in Miami, but yeah, and I think Sixers, something that Sixers I, something that I, said, something that I said, something that I said, and you know, this is why I thought it was so funny that, that, uh, that Levitard was talking, was going so hard about, oh, Ty- Tyler Hero is better than Tyrese Maxey. Okay. Well, if the Sixers, first of all, there's been no indication that the Sixers are interested in trading for Dame or that the Sixers would, you know, are interested in trading Tyrese Maxey for Dame. But even if that were the case, I feel pretty confident in saying that Tyrese Maxey would be something that Portland would want to reroute to a third team also. The whole thing, and I, I, something I said, I I have something I'm writing about the rest of the roster for later in the week that, you know, I can get into later if you want to. Oh, we should, we uh, should.
0: I want to talk about the
1: the roster. If Tyler, if there was a six foot eight wing, who was like the equivalent talent level of Tyler Hero that was on offer in one of these deals. This deal would probably already be done, but they're already paying, and I say this a million times, they're already paying Anthony Simons, you know, what they're paying him, and they have Scoot Henderson and Shaden Sharp that are like their future. So what is another defensive, like not great defensive guard who's a scoring guard who's making that much money do for them, which is why... And even even like I've even seen Miami, you know, I, the, the 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 idea of like this being like a one for one, you know, of straight across Portland Miami, you know, two team deal, like that. Even that has been kind of thr- like everybody kind of realizes that's not a thing anymore that that, that can. It happen. doesn't seem like the Heat but, think that though. No, they don't. But then there, <laughs> but but then there's always yeah. That just kind of gets hand waved away of like, oh well, you can just you know send Hero to a third team. They can get good picks. You can get stuff okay, well, why is that team not presented itself then?
0: This is exactly my view of it. And I think, I mean, Brooklyn is a team that gets thrown out a lot. For I don't this.
1: think they're interested.
0: See? Like, and, and and look, I mean, I get that, like, I guess the most comparable player on the Nets roster to Tyler Hero right now is Spencer Dingley, who is older. However, that means that he's probably going to be way cheaper on his next contract than whatever you might have to pay Hero. And I think there is something to be said for having players in different age brackets. I think Dinwiddie being a little bit older might make him more amenable to, like, fitting in with the group. And he's been a six-man a zillion times before. Hero's only 23. If he's getting traded from the Heat, he's going to want, like, all the shots and all – like – is he really going to want to come to Brooklyn and take a back seat to Bridges? Like, I just don't know if that would work for him either. And so, and I think Brooklyn might be thinking this through. And, and they also have some other young guards. But like, so that is 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 the hard part for me. Uh, Utah is another team that has gotten thrown out there. They have Sexton. They have Jordan Clarkson. Who those those are guys. Like, it just. You start, or Detroit is another team that I've heard mentioned. They have Ivy, they have Cade, they have Osar Thompson. Like This is Hero you're talking yeah, about? Yeah, I'm just, I'm just talking about all these third hypothetical teams that have been named on podcasts and thrown out there as potential landing spots. You think about them and talk about them for two minutes, and you're like, oh yeah, it doesn't really make the, a lot of sense for those teams to be in the Tyler Hero business.
1: Yeah, and that's kind of why they are where, where they are. It's also, it's, it's been very funny to me because like one thing I, you know, when I was down in Vegas, one thing I heard a lot from people on the Miami side were like, oh, the deal's done. They're just waiting for it. They're just waiting to announce it. As far as I know, they haven't even talked. And I've also, by the way, I also, did you see the interview that Daryl Morey did today on some radio station in Philly?
0: No, I, I saw quotes. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't listen to it.
1: I'm just going to read a couple of these quotes. Uh, This is, uh, while he wants to honor Harden's trade request, he added, quote, if we don't get either a very good player or something we can turn into a very good player, uh, then we're just not going to do it. And then he says, he's wishing for a different situation contractually. If we can do something that is win-win, helps the Sixers, then we will look at it. If we can't, then we won't. And I just, I just, I just want to, I just want to caution Daryl Morey, the rest of the league and other players are looking at how he handles this. And if he does not do right by James Harden and sends him to the Clippers for whatever he can get back, nobody's ever going to want to go to the
0: Sixers. Nobody's ever going to want to go to the Sixers. They're never going to want to play for a team managed by Daryl Morey. Uh, Tyrese Maxey is looking at this closely. You know, like he's like watching. he's watching. He's he, up for an extension. He's up for an extension. He's wondering, you know, if they don't do right, if they don't do right by James Harden, is he going to sign the massive extension that makes him generational wealth? I don't know. Will he? Who can say? Who can say? I mean, I mean, they, we're just we're just talking. You know, people are talking. People are watching. People are watching Daryl Morey. They're thinking about boycotting the Sloan Conference. They're thinking about getting rid of the three point line. They're doing every. They're, they're really considering you know, all the stops about, you know, what Mori's doing. They're even considering, you know, economic sanctions.
1: It's just, I mean, this is, I mean, this is something you and I've talked about for years, <laughs> about how, about how, about how, because Daryl Maury, you know, has invited national reporters to the Sloan conference for years and, you know, returns people's texts and will, will gossip with them off the record and stuff. I like, Whenever he's in it, like, this this happened a couple of years ago when Ben Simmons was trying to get traded and Daryl didn't trade him before camp and he just, he held out of camp. And the way it was talked about on, on, like, all the national shows and all the podcasts were, was, you know, you just, you, one thing you know about Daryl Morey, he is going to hold out and get the best deal he can because he is just one of the greatest deal makers in the league. Yeah. And what he's doing is not different from the way that Joe Cronin is playing this Damian Lillard thing where, you know. If he doesn't get a deal he likes, he's just not going to trade him. But it's talked about much differently with Joe where it's like – Oh, you know, he's he's just he's just being petty. He's doing Dame dirty. He, you know, he needs to just face reality and take this lowball offer from the Heat just to just to move on because it's not fair to the kids. It's not fair. It's not fair to Scoot Henderson and Shaden Sharp.
0: Yeah, no, I've been reading Ira a lot, and one of his uh, he said, "How are the Blazers youngsters going to be able to focus with the ghosts of the past in the building? It's like it's like Damian Lillard isn't going to be like dead. Like if he's on the team, he's going to be there.
1: <laughs> you know what I mean? Like." He's gonna show up and do his job like I'm in the middle of so I just had this piece that went out yesterday on my site for paid subscribers, which you should, if this is something that sounds interesting to you, you should go check out. But I went back and read newspaper and magazine clippings from 1978 about Bill Walton's trade request. And that was a little bit of a different situation than the Dame thing because the reason that Bill Walton wanted to get traded was because he felt like the Blazers medical staff had mishandled his foot injury and kind of forced him to play with a broken foot. So it's a little bit of a different thing. An but actual medical practice situation. Right. Yeah. I'm in the process of working on a similar piece about Clyde Drexler's trade request, which is probably going to be out in the next couple of weeks. And in reading stuff, which first, first of all, it is so wild to me like, this was almost 30 years ago that this happened. This was 1995, so 28 years ago. But it, it is wild to me to see bylines from people that I actually know personally who are still covering a league. Like, Dwight James was in the mix a lot at the Oregonian. Carrie Eggers in the mix. Nationally, like, Sam Smith and Sean Powell. Like, people that I know, that I actually know personally, were, like, covering this at the time. But... Beyond that, it's very similar. That one, I think, is a lot more similar to Dame's situation where Clyde didn't actually want to leave Portland, but he saw they were going a little bit younger. They had just brought in Rod Strickland as a as a guard, you know, a couple, a couple of years before, and he kind of saw the way that it was going, and so he wanted to go somewhere where he had a better chance of winning. There was like a month. It, it, he, I think he asked to be traded and I'm I'm still, like, in the process of reading all this stuff, so I haven't put the full timeline together. I think he privately asked to be traded before the season started in 94, 95. And it didn't happen. And then in, like, January, he came out publicly and said he wanted to be traded. And then it didn't get done until the deadline, like, a month later. In the meantime, he still showed up and played and did his job and was, you know... Was not, it wasn't a thing the way that like the James Harden thing a, co- a couple years ago in Brooklyn or in Houston was a thing, or the way that Ben Simmons was a thing. I think, and I've said this consistently since this whole thing started. I think if Dame is still in Portland at training camp, it's going to be awkward, but he's going to show up and be a pro and do his job. He's not going to you know, light the organization on fire or, you know, decide not to report to camp. And I don't think they would ask him to stay home because I think they, I just, I think they, they would see kind of the look that that would be for everybody. And I mean, yeah, it would be a little bit awkward and it's.
0: I think awkwardness is a small price to pay to not be totally screwed. Yeah. And I think that's the calculus is like, it's better for it to be a little bit awkward than it is to, just capitulate to what Miami wants you to take and 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 the season starting is the other variable that if the heat struggle a little bit or say what if port or if portland plays well or or the opposite happens who knows but or another team emerges that has some young players that we don't even expect and then all of a sudden they're thinking whoa what if we trade for dame and we see what happens like, and I just think that those, the season is the ultimate variable here that I think is a little under discussed is that this actual basketball basketball being played can change what the market is. And right now the market isn't changing because there's no basketball being played. But once basketball is played, the market dynamics will shift. People will get hurt. People will start to, you know, there will be, personal things in training camp. There will be uh, extensions that aren't agreed to. There's going to be like, there's all kinds of stuff in this league with 30 teams that you don't know what's going to happen. And you know what Miami's offer of just hero and two picks is right now. And you know that they're willing to give that up any day of the week in now or February or January or December, after December 15th, whatever it is. And also the December fifteenth deadline is another thing. What if God, what if teams that sign free agents suddenly become disillusioned with those free agents? That opens up another market. Like it just the market is what it is right now. But the thing about markets is that they change. And the NBA like it and the NBA market is dictated a lot by the actual games that are happening. And so to me it's more than logical for the blazers to wait this out and see what other variables might pop up in the process because there's nothing wrong with waiting for them because dames under contract for 4 years and and if he hadn't signed the extension it would probably be a different conversation but he did and i think that's where the blazers are coming at it from is that there's no reason for them to rush into this when the market can shift and change and dynamics across the league can shift.
1: One more Dame thing. And then we have other stuff I think that's worth talking about. Uh, I'm assuming you've seen the clip of David Griffin on whatever show on Sirius XM talking about this whole situation. I, it, that's kind of made me think, and it's just kind of, it's just kind of put a thought into my head. Cause I remember when, uh, You know, the night of, or like the day after the draft, uh, when they didn't trade the third pick, they took Scoot. And then I, it was Woj that was on one of those shows. It was, he was either on like Get Up or whichever one of those shows he was on, like the next day, Sports Center, whatever it was. And he said that he had heard from other GMs in small markets that had been calling Joe Cronin and saying, you cannot trade this pick, it's malpractice to trade the pick with the new CBA and how hard it is to get talent in small markets. I kind of feel like we're starting to see, you know, you look at like David Griffin's comments where he basically said on this whatever SiriusXM show he was on that, uh, you know, Joe Cronin is not going to make a bad deal. And it's good news for him that all these rumors are out there and all these different scenarios are out there because that gives him leverage. I come kind of starting to see some of these small market GMs in this in this scenario, also in this whole Dame situation, also kind of closing rank, and I wonder if Joe is getting calls from other GMs in like the David Griffin, you know, Sam Presti group of like Kevin GMs, Ke- his,
0: in, his his guy Kevin Pritchard in Indiana, Kevin Pritchard, le- yeah,
1: le- le- sure, whoever, basically saying, you know, he, he, I wonder, I wonder, and this is I I haven't talked to Joe about this. I haven't talked to Joe in a while because his you know he 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 was he was elusive during uh during summer league he. Did the press conference, but that like other than that, I wasn't really able to get to him, so I haven't heard any of this from him directly. But I wonder if he's feeling some pressure to do this for the other small market GMs, and not and feel like he can't be put in a position where, you know, a guy with four years left on his contract is able to force his way to one specific team. Like I, I I wonder if for a
0: deal that not only just for a specific team for a deal that basically makes your current predicament way worse. Like, like they would have the same problem that they already have, but lo- the amount of talent would be lower. And so you're just dealing with the same problem. And also, Dame generally has a proclivity to mentor younger guys. We don't know that about Tyler Hero. And so, like, like there's just all these factors that come into play. And I think, I don't know what GMs are saying, but I can tell you what I in looking at the reactions on social media from every fan base that isn't the Miami Heat, everyone's like, yeah, Portland shouldn't do that deal. Not as, I, I haven't seen a single fan of a team that isn't the Heat say, yeah, actually that's a great deal, Portland should do it. Because it's the kind of like, it's, it's like saying they should do that is akin to being like, yeah, well, they should just eliminate the draft and then everybody gets to sign with the Lakers. Like it's this, right. it, it's the same idea. It's like why even have a league? Just you know, create the overtime elite and have everyone live in in LA, and just how about that be the league? You know what I mean? Like like it, it's like to me that's like the same. I think fans are thinking that as well. It's like what's the point of having these teams if you're never going to be able to keep a star player, or when that star player asks for a trade, you're going to get screwed.
1: Right, and what I mean, what I said, I, what I wrote the day that dame asked for a trade was that the only way for teams like portland or you know whatever other examples of teams in these types of markets that have had to trade basically it not it
0: sp- every market except for miami and la and and, and miami Whether and the was lakers like, specifically right not even the where it
1: was like this the spurs with Kawhi leonard or indy with paul george back in the day or like utah last summer with donovan mitchell the two ways for those types of teams to be competitive, and Portland is in this category too. The two the two types of ways for those teams to be competitive because they're not going to get like the star free agents or like stars aren't going to like want to force a trade to Portland or to Utah or to San Antonio. You have to draft well, which I think, for whatever you want to say about this front office, I think finding that va- you know being finding value in the draft is like the thing that they are that they so far have proven to be very good at. And you have to not get completely cleaned out on these types of trades when you have to make them.
0: Or just make good trades, period. Like, like, I think Denver has gotten talked about a lot as like, well, they just drafted their team. It was home Well, not exactly. They had to make the trade for Aaron Gordon. They had to make the trade for KCP. Like, this thing where you just, like, and I think OKC is running up against this. Memphis is running up against this. Like, Memphis had to trade DeAnthony Melton. They've got to make a good move. I think the smart thing is it could be that for them if that smart trade, but like Denver made trades of their drafted guys to acquire someone else to fit their roster better. And it's you have to do both things. You have to draft well, and then you have to figure out which trades are the right trades to make. I mean, there was that, there was that whole Grantland story about how it broke Pop's heart to trade George Hill for Kawhi Leonard.
1: I remember this. Yeah.
0: But he did it. And they won a championship and he was a finals MVP. And like I think if they had to do it again, they would. And so like I think those are the types of things that have to be done in building towards a championship. And you can't take losses on those things if that's your ultimate goal. And I think even if your goal is to build around Scoot and Shaden and Ant, you have got to find value for game that makes those guys that helps accentuate what those guys do.